Bailey Foley was always the hammer, never the nail. That's how he played football. But when he suffered a life-altering injury, it caused not only his teammates and coaches at Fortuna High School, but an entire community on the northern coast of California to re-examine their views on America's beloved game. Ultimately, most everyone involved decided to press onward with the vow to not only play for their fallen teammate, but to play like him. The result was the school's first state championship. Tim Kuhn chronicled the saga in a story titled The Fearless Bailey Foley in the August 20th issue of ESPN the magazine. It's a beautiful, complicated, heart-wrenching tale that wrestles with the dilemma of how one deals with the aftermath when something terrible turns into something wonderful. Here's my conversation with Tim Kuhn. Thanks for joining me, Tim. Um, first off, what kind of kid was Bailey Foley and, and what kind of player was he? Well, as a, as a kid, Bailey was, uh, he was a little rough around the edges, to be honest. He, and he will admit that he was not a very good student. Um, he didn't really care about school. He got, uh, he did the bare minimum. Um, and that was kind of when he did that because there were times when he didn't do the bare minimum, he had to take 10 units of uh, summer school, uh, just to be eligible to play football his senior year. Um, he was, he was a tough kid. He was, he was a, uh, as I, as I write in the piece, he, he kind of lived outside, which is kind of unusual in this day and age. He, he was a, a fisherman and he rode dirt bikes and, and, uh, he lived, you know, along the coast there in, in Humboldt County is, is where he lives. And, and, uh, there's a lot of opportunity to be outside. There's the ocean, there's the Eel River, there's all kinds of, uh, of stuff to do, you know, and, and he took advantage of that. And, and, you know, to be honest, he would have rather been out on his dirt bike than sitting in a classroom. So that's, that's kind of the, the kid he was. And, and I think the, that, uh, he was a foot as a football player, he sort of exemplified the same character characteristics. He was tough. Uh, he was a little undersized for a defensive end 160 to 180 pounds. Uh, just as his coach, uh, Mike Benbow told me, he just blew things up. He wasn't much for assignment football, but, uh, if you, if you told him who to hit, he definitely did that. Yeah. It was interesting that quote about him putting an undersized player at defensive end because the, the not being an assignment football guy, which reminded me, obviously he's not the same kind of player, but it reminded me of, it's almost the exact kind of description of how junior sale played. Yes. And I think there was obviously physical characteristics that separated those two, but yeah, there was a, uh, there was sort of a, um, you know, one of his teammates, I, I mean, I can't even count the number of quotes these kids gave me that were just remarkable, you know, in terms of their insight. And, uh, and it's a common football thing to, you know, that to say it's, it's better to be the hammer than the nail. And that, that was their, that was their description of Bailey was that he was always the hammer and, and never the nail. And, and I think that's one thing that, that I don't know why, but it seemed to really perplex these kids that someone who was the hammer ended up getting hurt. Um, they, they just, they feel like you, uh, you get hit, um, and get hurt in football. You don't do the hitting. And, uh, you know, I think it was, there was, there's a interesting little bumper sticker that's on the podium of, of Mike Benbow's classroom in, in Fortuna. He teaches AP history and there's a, there's a little sticker that says hit or be hit. And I think that's sort of this, uh, this ethic in football that we tend to, 
we tend to think that someone like Junior Seau or Bailey Foley, who was always hitting someone, um, they were exempt from from injury. It's a it's a it's a strange it's a tr- strange uh, mentality, but it's it's something that probably needs to change. Now, another thing that's really interesting about Bailey's story in particular that kind of makes it unique is that, and you and you actually begin your story with this anecdote is that they could not find a hit on film that caused his injury, and. So how confident are they that the injury came because of football? Well, I think, you know, I, I think it's sort of the the most obvious explanation. It's sort of like, uh, you know, Occam's razor. You know, the simplest explanation is probably the correct one most of the time. I think mm-hmm. that he did, uh, you know, there were plays in that game. I watched the whole game with, with the coach, Mike Benbow, and there were plays where 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 Bailey did, have hits they weren't they just weren't they they were nothing that stopped you they were there was nothing that where you said oh my gosh like you would normally think to produce this kind of of brain trauma there just wasn't any specific hit and you know the doctors i spoke to said it could have happened the week before you know it could have been accumulation of hits uh, as we've learned with the research into cte that's another factor is that the 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 uh, accumulation of concussive hits, even small hits, is that you know when they put the sensors in the helmets, they can figure that that it's not always just one traumatic event. That that small events can lead up to a traumatic event, and and it was very frustrating and very you know upsetting for everyone involved because there was a th- there was a thought that it would have been easier if they would have said okay boom there's where it happened see that hit right there we we should have seen that but there was never a time when he got off of a pile wobbly there was never a time where he ha- appeared to be confused and so they 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 just continued to search and search and they never found it so they just basically had to say you know we we really we can't pinpoint it but it's pretty clear that it happened during a football game and that football had something to do with it. And the coach, Mike Bembo has dealt with tremendous guilt since that happened, as has uh, uh, his best friend, Ethan Higgins, who convinced him to go to summer school so that he would be eligible for a football season. Right. Uh, seems like guilt has been one of the major issue that everyone involved has been dealing with in this story. Very true, Bob. And I think that the, the interesting thing is that Bailey doesn't blame anyone. He he doesn't he doesn't say, you know, the coach should have seen this or you know, I mean obviously he can't he can't remember what happened. He has no recollection of, of anything probably for about four months after the event. Um but he doesn't he doesn't blame anyone. His parents don't blame anyone. Which is kind of interesting because there's no uh, you know, there, there's, you would normally feel that that would be, that would be an obvious thing is to say, Hey, why didn't you see this? Obviously my kid ended up, you know, having to, having to have brain surgery and he had this bleed and it, you know, what, why didn't you see it beforehand? But, uh, there's no, there's nothing there. There's no, the guilt is with, you know, in a, in a, even though Bailey did not die, it's sort of a survivor's guilt feeling is that Ethan it was yeah. someone who who said, hey, we need you on the football team, and he encouraged him to go to summer school. Um, so there's obvious 
guilt there that he feels like, okay, if I just let him do what he wanted to do, I would never be in, he would never be in this situation. Um, Ben Bo's feeling is, you know, I'm the coach. They're my boys. They're under my watch. I should have seen something. Um, And yet there was nothing to see. As he said, you know, supposedly it would be easier if he could have pinpointed some event, but how would that have been easier? Would it have been easier? Would it have been even maybe harder because then it would have been something that he would have felt even more, uh, he would have felt even more guilt because he, he would have actually missed something. And he, he really feels like he didn't miss anything that this just, this just was a fluke event. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the, uh, sort of the struggle everyone went through, the coaches, the players, w- deciding whether or not to continue after Bailey was hurt. Like they they thought they were going to witness a, one of their players die. And even though he didn't, it was still a very much a struggle for them. What what was that like? Well, it changed everything with them, Bob. And, and the next day they met at uh, one of the players' uh, houses and, and had this conversation about whether they wanted to continue. And there were, this was at a time when, you know, probably 14 hours after Bailey was taken to the hospital, they felt that there was no, it was, there was no guarantee that Bailey was going to survive. They, they still felt like they may have witnessed their, their teammate die on the sideline. So it wasn't like they were looking at it as, okay, wow, that was close. They were, they were unsure what was going to happen. There was still this, this, tremendous uncertainty surrounding the team and so they had this meeting about whether to continue and the coaches left it up to the players and they they wanted to just gauge what their reaction was and they 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 prefaced everything by saying look if you guys want to stop playing any one of you individually or or as a group there will be no there'll be no repercussions. We're not going to make fun of you. And they, they vowed that, that if anyone stopped playing, they would never use the word quit. They would never call the person a quitter. They would never say they quit. They would just say that they stopped playing or decided to stop. And, you know, in the course of this conversation, they, as teenage boys will, they, they tried to rationalize it. Of course, they wanted to keep playing. They had a really good team. And so they said, you know, Bailey would want us to keep playing. That was the, that's a very common sort of, you know, reason to, to keep going is to... I apologize for the bad audio here. What Tim is saying is that the kids decided to play for Bailey, and then team captain J.B. Lewis said, if we're going to play for Bailey, we need to play like Bailey. And that was yet another sort of very, in my mind, very poignant and profound moment in this saga was was that idea that, you know, we can't just keep playing for him. We, we, we need to play like him. And... uh yeah, so I think that was sort of the the mantra the rest of the way. And in, in, in playing like Bailey, that meant, correct me if I'm wrong, basically sacrificing yourself for the game and for for your team and for the season. It did. It, it meant it meant playing as hard as you can every play. You know, it, it, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the that was the the idea was you know we, this kid had a spirit on the field and a, and a and a desire once he got out there that we we need to we need to put forth that kind of effort and that kind of attitude to to go forward it's funny cuz that in a way that that is the most effective way to play football it seems like and yet also the way that really put your you put yourself in the hands of good fortune and 
it's quite the dilemma, isn't it? It is, and I think that's pretty much everything <laughs> about this story and everything about football is that there are just so many uh, counterintuitive things. I mean, you, the best way to play is to play all out and play. Uh, I mean, kids, when you start playing football, they tell you that you get hurt when you don't go hard, you know, and whether that's a motivational technique or an actual, you know, scientific fact, I think it's, I think we can probably say it's more motivational than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but it is, it's, it's this sort of, you know, in this reconsideration of football that we're going through when we see what it, what the game does to the body and to the brain, it is, it's just, it's one of those things that is a, it's a contradiction in terms, you know, that you, that, that this, we're going to play the way this guy played who almost lost his life because of the game. It, it's, uh, and yet that's what, <laughs> that mentality is, is a good football mentality to win games and to play on the field. And yet it is also something that leads to injuries. When you, yeah, when you talk about this dilemma, two coaches, it, it's, it's, it's a risk reward situation. What, what do coaches tell you about why they continue in the face of so much growing evidence about the long-term effects? Like what are the, the qualities that, that make it worth it to them? You know, it, it, this story brought out so much in terms of both sides of this entire debate. I mean, it just it just was almost like uh, exaggerated on both ends, what happened to Bailey and also what happened to this team. They ended up bringing a state championship to this little town up on the North Coast that, that never had had anything resembling that kind of success in football. And it... it taught them according to the coaches that the, what that what that season did was it brought these kids together it taught them life lessons it taught them to 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 play for the person next to them it taught them to stay together it it, it Bailey's injury brought them uh it sent them you know after practice sitting in the in the parking lot talking about life and death and their own mortality and, and vulnerabilities and all these things that 17, 18 year old boys would never discuss without this sort of uh, unfortunate tragic event taking place right in front of them. And so as, as they were walking off the field after they won the state championship, Benbo told me he was looking at these kids and thinking just what, how, how fantastic it was and how, all these lessons that he holds so dear and the reasons that he keeps coaching high school football and feels it's the best sport and it's a great learning experience and all these other, other sort of, you know, traditional football things that we've, we've come to sort of almost accept in our culture is that he was looking and thinking, you know, something terrible happened and yet something great came out of it. And that's, that's again, this whole push pull of the game is that they keep coaching because of those moments and yet that moment might not have been possible without the terrible moment that, that started their season. So, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I think the only way you can keep going is if you just say, hey, uh, kids can get hurt in, in any other way. You know, there's a, there's a car accident or there's, you know, something else, um, you know, that, that, that we're all vulnerable. You can get hurt in a million different ways. And this just happened to be the way that Bailey got hurt. But but they definitely think about it. They definitely think about this uh, this back and forth of of what they feel is wonderful about this game and and what we all see as being 
potentially terrible about it. Do you think uh, there's a way to make football safer while also keeping some of these qualities that make it the sport that it is? Well, you know, I've, I've wondered that a million times, and, and, and I, I played football through high school. I have four sons that all played football in high school, and, and there were, you know, as as this as as these studies and this research was becoming more prominent, obviously it became more of a topic in our household. And I, you know, I played baseball and, and my kids played other sports. And I, I don't know, I don't know if it's a myth or not that football is this sport that brings us together more than any other. You know, I, I think that you can, you can, you can have this, you can develop toughness and, and all these other qualities by playing baseball or by playing basketball. Um, and I think that what football, what foot, the reason that football has created this, this sort of mythology around it is, is the, the act, the actions of coaches like the junction boys with Bear Bryant and all this. I mean, going back that far, we've created this, uh, this myth around football that that it creates the toughest people um and and it and it is a tougher sport to play there are uh, the physically it, it is very difficult um as far as what the game is and whether it can be changed enough i don't know that it can be changed enough to 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 remain the same sport i mean it would almost have to be flag football or or rugby and and I don't know. I don't know if that's the same sport. And I don't, I mean, look at, look at the, the changes that have been made in the NFL with the rules with, with, uh, you know, with contact on, on receivers and quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, it just look at the backlash against that. It just is, is a, people feel like the game's being ruined because somebody can't lead with their head. So what's going to happen if, if the game gets changed to where you can't hit at all? I mean, it's not going to be the same game. What what do you think is um, this is I know a hard question to answer, but are there any is there any indication of what life is going to be like going forward for Bailey, who by the way still watches football, right? He does. Has uh, he told me? You know what? That's you play football. Sometimes you get hurt and you just shrugs. I mean, this is a kid who spent three weeks in a coma and four and a half months in a hospital, and uh, and that's his that's his attitude. So. You know, going forward, I think that that uh, you know he had made such great progress for the six months after he was out of the hospital that their hope is that that he will he will lead a normal life that he'll be able to live independently um, and and get a job and 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 do all the things that he had hoped to do. But um, that it's, it remains to be seen. There's not any guarantee of that. He's still uh, has, has vision issues. He has balance issues. Um, he has clearly memory issues. Um, his motor skills have, have gotten better, but they're not to a point where he could, uh, at least the last time I saw him where he could drive a car or, or even, you know, one of his motorcycles. So, um, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long road for Bailey. And I would think that there will always be some level of diminishment in his physical um, w- compared to what he could have done. I mean, the fact, the idea of him getting back to a hundred percent physically seems, seems like a long shot, but uh, you know, he's a tough kid. He's determined. 
and uh, he's made great strides to this point. So who knows? Is there, is it even possible to come up with an underlying lesson to all of this or is it just so complex? It's hard to pinpoint. There's so many lessons to this, Bob. I don't know how many, I mean, I don't, I mean, you could, you could use the case of Bailey Foley as a, as a, uh, reason to to ban football, and you could use the case of Bailey Foley as a reason to exalt football. You know, it just is what makes this story so fascinating to me is that there were no easy answers. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It wasn't something that you could just come out and say, okay, boom, this happened to this kid. Why are we putting our kids through this? I mean, you can do that in the case of Bailey, but then you can look at the other. 34 kids on that team that ended up winning a state championship and say uh, the lessons and the life skills that they learned through this whole saga were, were incredibly valuable. Um, you know, at some point you, you say, okay, are we sacrificing this, this child for the betterment of this other group or for, for this game, you know, are we, are we sacrificing them on the the pyre of football? And I, I don't know. I mean, I think that, that, you know, Personally, I think that the story of Bailey Foley, the lesson is that uh, that you never know. I mean, that that things can can happen that aren't obvious in football, and that that adds a whole another layer of fright of of fear to playing this game. Is that it's not just avoiding some major major hit. Um, that there could be there could be an accumulation. There could be something unseen. I mean, that's the that to me is the lesson is like, oh my gosh, it can happen when we don't see it. Yeah. It's a complicated story. Great story you wrote. And, and uh, this issue is going to be an issue for a long time. I have a feeling. So definitely. Thank you so much for joining me, Tim. Hey, thanks for having me, Bob. I appreciate it. If you haven't already, go read The Fearless Bailey Foley on ESPN.com. It really is a must-read for anyone interested in this topic. And make sure you look for more of Tim Kuhn's writing in ESPN the Magazine. I'm Bob Harkins. This is Raised Sports. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.